Anybody have the slightest clue of where Biden has this other $350 billion? It's just, it's another recovery fund. Another $350 billion, I should say, in emergency recovery funding. I guess this is part of that $1.9 trillion package, which clearly isn't enough. Coronavirus state and local fiscal recovery funds provide eligible state, local, territorial, and tribal governments with a substantial infusion of resources to meet pandemic response needs and rebuild a stronger, more equitable economy as the country recovers. Can we stop for a moment and ask ourselves what we just heard? First, understand that this $350 billion, it's not extra, it was appropriated. This is bailout money. Cities and states that are under the gun, that's what this is. It's a bailout, just so we're clear. Illinois has these pension liabilities that cost them billions every year, and now other states that don't have those kind of economic problems are being told they have to bail out Illinois. I got to tell you, I'm not mad at the people of Illinois, but I'm not here to bail them out. It's your problem. Leave. Leave the state. Everyone except Lori Lightfoot and the, and the teachers unions gets to leave. No, 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 Pritzker too. He's got $13 billion or something like that. The governor can bail him out. He could do it. But it's the other one that matters. It's the other one that exposes who Joe Biden is. And why this matters to you, even when you say things like, hmm, it doesn't matter who the president is, my life doesn't change. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You don't think it matters who's in charge, who your elected leaders are? Uh, Prove that, 833-468-8669. It is this statement. Rebuild a stronger, more equitable economy as the country recovers. Equity has been the buzzword since the killing of George Floyd. Now, we should be perfectly clear about a couple things when we talk about George Floyd in Minnesota and the former officer, Derek Chauvin. Eric Floyd was on enough fentanyl and other drugs that he would have died. Nothing excuses what it is that Derek Chauvin did. Zero. I'm not excusing it. I am saying he should have been guilty of second-degree manslaughter. Very possibly, although I could see it going the other way on third-degree murder because it's such a weird charge in Minnesota. But there was no second-degree murder, and this was done, as I see it, out of fear. Jurors who made a decision based on fear so they wouldn't be attacked. And when the Chauvin team, legal team, fights this as they are, saying they couldn't get a fair trial, they're right. And I think we would be fools if we didn't notice it. They're right. I think it's obvious. But this whole idea of equitable comes from the whole idea of equity. And you see, the problem is not that we have equality. Equality is not enough. What you need is equity. And equity is about changing outcomes. Equity is about trying to equalize out outcomes. This comes through the redistribution of wealth. 
and a host of other things. We've seen this in schools, for example, where schools in Virginia have decided they're not going to teach honors math, really, until junior or, or senior year and let kids excel. We've seen that in California. They want to put an end to those types of, of abilities for people who are better at math, to excel at math, to create a more equitable, uh, create more equity amongst the students. The translation is, hey, we're not going to have some students excel. That way other students won't feel bad. What does it matter if other students feel bad? Maybe they shouldn't feel bad. Maybe they should feel good for their friend who's really good at math. Maybe uh, the person who's really bad at math or just not great at math is better at something else. Are we going to do this in sports? Are we going to do this in sports and tell people who excel, sorry, you can't swim so fast, you can't run so fast, you can't jump so high, no more three-point shots for you? I mean, it's a question. This is Harrison Bergeron come to life. This is a Kurt Vonnegut short. You can watch the film version with Julie Haggerty. It's something else. But it's the idea that people would put impairments on themselves so that everybody had the same mind, everybody had the same physical strength. But that's not the way it works. People are born into uh, concepts of natural lottery. Some people are born tall, some people are born short, some people are born thin, some people are born fat, some people can get thin, and some people can't. Some people are born with the ability to do math, and some not so much. Some people are born with the inability to speak. I don't have that inability. I have that ability in spades. The question is, should I somehow be slowed down for equity's sake? The people who push equity push hate. It is hatred from beginning to end. So when you hear Joe Biden say he wants to build a stronger, more equitable economy, what is he talking about? A hateful economy? No, he means wealth redistribution. He already got the $1.9 trillion from you. Might as well put it where he wants. You're the one paying for it, sucker, fool, chump, bitch. You're the one paying. Might as well do with it what he can. This is the problem. The people pushing equity push hate. Raw, unadulterated hate. So this is what he's got for us. This is what he's got for us, $350 billion. Well, of course, the real problem is people aren't showing up to work because, well, they're collecting unemployment benefits and extended unemployment benefits. We know this is the problem, and lo and behold, Joe Biden actually knows this is the problem. Look, fifth thing we're going to do, we're going to make it clear that anyone collecting unemployment who is offered a suitable job must take the job or lose their unemployment benefits. There are a few COVID-19 related exceptions, so that people aren't forced to choose between their basic safety and a paycheck. But other- What person is going to decide, hmm, that job's acceptable? Right? Unless it's some grandiose gig. They're going to stay home. And I'm not even necessarily mad at people. It's, It's the natural disposition. You mean I can make money and not work? Eventually, I'll have to go back to work. But right now, I should just take the money. That's what we have done in this do goodery 
Right. Oh, we're going to do good and we're going to help people. We're going to extend their unemployment benefits. Isn't this what Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders told us? We got to extend the unemployment benefits. Well, this is what they created. This is who they are. Right? They, 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 they never have. I, by the way, I got yelled at by somebody because I said right. I say right every now and again. I don't, I don't know. People yell at me for all sorts of things. That, that was the latest one. Right? Like I do that sometimes. I'm just sh- making sure we're all on the same page and sharing. Jeepers, don't get, don't get so annoyed. People will stay at home if they can get paid to stay at home. We see this all the time. So this argument that he's making that you have to take the job, otherwise you can't get the unemployment benefits, how are you going to prove such a thing? How in the world would you prove it? But he's not done. Otherwise, that's the law. I know there's been a lot of discussion since Friday, since Friday's report, that people are being paid to stay home rather than go to work. Well, we don't see much evidence of that. Then you aren't looking anywhere because everyone everywhere will tell you that's what's happening. I'm hosting this uh, on my morning show. I'm I'm hosting a on-air job fair tomorrow. And we're just going to read off jobs that are available all around my city. Because people are looking for the, to hire. They're looking to hire everywhere. Right? They're looking everywhere for this. And they can't find people. They cannot find anyone. And you should say, I, 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 have, I have 100 jobs. And some of them that can hire multiple people. So hundreds of jobs ready to go. For people who want a job. But so many people, they've, they've got the better deal the other way. So when you take a look at the jobs report, you predicted 900 plus thousand. You got 266,000. You're off by 700,000. You're like, nah, it's no big deal. It's a big deal. It speaks volumes to a larger scale problem. And one of the biggest problems is that there are way too many people who don't know anything. They don't know anything. And one of those people is Stephanie Rule over at MSNBC. Goldman Sachs stated that labor supply appears to be tighter than the unemployment rate suggests, likely reflecting the impact of unusually generous unemployment benefits and lingering virus-related impediments to working. We just broke that down. We know that that's that's the case. Enter Stephanie Rule of MSNBC. Why is it that the unemployment benefits are too generous rather than the pay offered by employers too low? Pay more money, find more workers, is what she writes. If margins are so thin that you cannot increase pay without passing it through or losing customers, your business model doesn't work. What is it like to hate people so much? Elitism on display. Stephanie Rule, who has a job pushing nonsense and not worrying about ratings at all. She has no idea what it's like to be a small business owner. Stephanie Rule is as ignorant as Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who says, oh, being a farmer is easy. You just dig the hole, you put in the seed, up comes the corn. 
dig a hole, put in the seed, up comes the corn. Was there any chance he could have won a Midwest state after saying that? But this is what happens when you think your entire life or everyone's entire life is New York. I mean, I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in Jersey. I know these people. I speak their language. They really believe they're the epicenter of the world and everybody else is just kidding themselves. They believe it to their soul. You know, it's, it's, it's like uh, uh, Woody Allen speaking in, uh, in Annie Hall. Why would anybody live in Los Angeles where the only cultural advantage is being able to make a right turn on a red light? That's, that's how New Yorkers view the rest of the country, including L.A. So I, I am not surprised by this. Someone who, as far as I know, doesn't pay anybody. She literally has no payroll. People are paid to stay home and their basic needs are met. They don't have to get a job, even if you pay more. By the way, the amount of people I have who have sent me uh, job offers, right, in terms of uh, for this, this thing I'm doing, where they're paying minimum wage, zero. It's nuts. Great opportunities out there. Pay more money, find more workers. This is to not understand the, the, the reality of man. When people have their basic needs met, all right, they're comfortable. I mean, they'll have to get back to work one day, but as long as this is happening, you know what, it's, it's fun. And, well, Netflix is paid for. Pornhub is still free. I got my internet covered. I guess it'll be another night of not going out. I'll take care, I'll take care of it all at home. She doesn't understand that's what's happening? And by the way, these aren't bad people. These are people who have made a decision based on what the government has given them. They were able to make this decision, and now you're amazed this decision is being made because you have no understanding of the human condition. This is why I don't favor any level of government involvement. The human condition is so conditioned in, in this way. Not for everybody. There are definitely people out there who are go-getters, who want to go and do. Some people aren't like that. All right, government's got it. I'm good. Thank you very much. Oh, government doesn't have any more. Okay, I guess I'm going to have to get the gig. How many people do you know talk about needing money, desperately need money, but they're always taking a day off for something? I mean, it's just the way it is. What people talk about versus what they actually need or what they'll do to get what they need are very, very different things. Stephanie Rule has never created anything, at least that I know of. So I'm not surprised that she's got this terribly, terribly inane idea going for her. Just one man's theory and thesis. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play the clip. You tell me what it means. I, the, 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 it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a new game uh, that, that we're playing called uh, I, I, I Play It, and, uh, and you tell me what it means. I don't know, I don't know if that's a, a game, but I'm, I'm making it a game here. we got cool game show music. So I'm going to play the clip. It's uh, Stacey Abrams who is not the governor of Georgia, 
talking to uh, Megan McCain on The View. You tell me what in the world this means right here. We're back with Stacey Abrams. Megan. Yes, Ms. Abrams, um, the U.S. economy only added 266,000 jobs last month, which was far less than the more than 1 million that was expected. It was so bad that there were reporters on air that had to double check the number to make sure they had actually read it correctly, not to mention that the fact that all of the jobs went to men. Is this a clear indication that throwing money at this problem isn't working? Actually, I would say it a different way. We know this is a complicated challenge, a pandemic that's affected the economy for women in devastating ways. And the notion that recovery would happen overnight is just, un- it's unfounded. Instead, what we're seeing are the combination of being able to survive the pandemic and start to build towards recovery. And I think that's why the American Jobs Plan and the American Families Plan are both so incredibly important, because it recognizes that the economy of care, which employs so many women, has got to be seen as an essential part of how we rebuild our economy and that it is insufficient for us to simply focus on the more traditional masculine areas of the economy, recognizing that we have to have women in every area, but that in particular, women have been hardest hit and therefore we need intentional engagement and intervention to rebuild it back more solidly. So this is one of two things. This is either a total lack of recognition that you're the same people who tell us we have to keep the schools closed so kids are home, so someone has to stay home. I'm not saying men don't stay home, but by and large, that is women. And an incredibly important role that seems to be degraded by people like Stacey Abrams. You created the scenario. Or are you saying that we should somehow be paying the women who are stay-at-home moms? And no sacrifices should ever be made. You create a situation. The situation creates an issue. And then you blame others because we focus on the masculine areas of the economy. Well, if you're talking about construction, men are by and large stronger than women. So maybe they carry the heavier things. Maybe they have a tendency towards some more dangerous types of work. That's not saying women can't. It's just saying where do tendencies go? And then where does family care go? And you still have to have the family care, so you have it the other way. You created the problem. I'm Tony Katz. I didn't know Harley was into electric bikes. I had no idea they had an electric motorcycle. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com for everything and get the podcast. Subscribe. It's free. You can support the show. Do all the things. It's right there. Greatly appreciate it. TonyKatz.com. So back in 2018, Harley unveiled Livewire, electric motorcycle. It was a list price of about 30 grand. Um... They halted production for a while because of a charging-related problem. And then uh, now it's going to launch. Was it launched on July 8th? And they have spun this thing out, right? It launched uh, then, July 8th. Uh, And now they have spun this thing out, and it's going to be its own standalone brand. Now, Harley has been having problems for a while. And there's nothing wrong with a Harley. If I wasn't so afraid, I would have a Harley. I am scared, and I, and, I, and I am ashamed. My name is Tony, and I am scared and ashamed 
because I'm scared of motorcycles, of, 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 of riding one. Thus, I am ashamed of myself. There it is. Much better. Oh, I was born for a Harley. All right. Also, uh, an Indian is really cool in Polaris also. Uh, born for a Harley. What are you talking about? But I'm, I'm too afraid. But I didn't know they had an electric one. And and this this goes to I, I I was out the other day and a friend of mine just got a Tesla. And I have nothing against Tesla whatsoever. You want to create a battery company by creating cars, you go right ahead. Right now the the uh government incentives and stuff that could be an issue. But and they're like, uh, it's it's the greatest thing I've ever driven. I'm like, I, I want a car that I, I, I drive. No, 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 you want the self-driving. I don't want the self-driving. I want what I want. I want to feel it. And you guys know that I'm in I'm in the market. I am looking uh, for for a car. I have been looking aggressively for a car. And so let me let me give you an example of one of the things that I came across where I'm like, yeah, I could I could seriously seriously see this happening in my life. There is a uh, an auction called Meekum. Right, big big auction company, really expensive vehicles. I'm not talking about the really expensive vehicles. I'm not talking about doing anything uh, crazy. I am talking about that. It was it was a like like this is a 1975 Cadillac Eldorado convertible. That's right. It's a boat. It's a giant, spectacular, delicious boat of a vehicle. And I'm like, yeah, that's where it's at. That is absolutely, totally where it's at. And then there is, it was the Pontiac, right? Here it is. It's a 1971 Pontiac Catalina convertible. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And for me, Tesla's not going to compare. I get it. Infinite torque. You understand that, right? When you're dealing with an electric vehicle, uh, it, it doesn't matter how much of a muscle car you have. It's going to beat it off the line because it's electric. You press down on the gas. You don't have to wait for anything to get there. Boom, it's there. The power is already there. You're done. Infinite torque. But there's something about about style, right? But I am not anti-electric. I have an electric lawnmower. Kids are old enough. They mow. They mow the lawn. Why am I paying for somebody? That's ridiculous. I will. I'm not mowing the lawn. I have rules, right? I grew up on a street. Um, I, should I say the name of the street? Would you think it would matter? So I grew up on a street that had a lot of of tall trees, and uh, tons of trees. A a a crap ton of trees. And the amount of leaves that would fall and the raking of leaves. And my father was a psychopath. You, 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 you didn't like bag up the leaves and have them thrown out. You, you uh, collected them. And then you had, we had a compost heap in our backyard. Do you know what a compost heap is? Where, where you're composting. My father wasn't, wasn't a granola or anything. It's just, it's, well, I guess it's what you did. You lived in Jersey. You grew up in New York. This is what you did. It was a torture. And so I decided I'm, I'm never touching lawns. I, I don't touch any of it. None of it. Every now and then I get out there and help a little bit. And mostly I just, you know, say, hmm, you're doing a fine job. And I go back inside and pretend it's not happening. Right? But I did get an electric lawnmower. And I think it works great. My issue is not electric. Is it the same experience? That's my question for those of you who ride. 
Is is an electric motorcycle the same experience as that rumble of a Harley? And isn't that a part of the experience? Or is that was the experience and this experience is that much better? Part of what freaks me out about the Tesla is that it's too quiet. It freaks me out that it's too silent. That it's that it's just gonna creep up on you. And I don't need a car that's going to back up for me, right? I don't need a car that I have to remote start. Oh, you got to run the heat. Do you really have to run the heat? Have we gotten this soft? Don't get me wrong. There are times where it's lovely. Oh, sure. You want to have the heat run for you. But that's the reason to get the car? That's awkward. That is awkward. Meanwhile, I didn't know Harley had this thing. This brings me to Bill Gates. No connection whatsoever. However, there are more stories coming out, as we suggested they might. More stories coming out about Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft. And, of course, his divorce from his wife, Melinda Gates. Now, we've learned that Melinda Gates and and, and Bill Gates waited until... Their youngest was out of high school, right? Or just finishing up high school, right? They decided that that was, that was it. Then we heard stories of Bill Gates spending time with an ex-girlfriend. I mean, very, very overtly, once a year, they'd hang out. Then came the stories that uh, Bill Gates... is a womanizer you're a phony hey this guy's a great big phony i don't know what's true and what's not but here's the guy in the sweaters and he's such a geek and he's a womanizer well i guess it would make sense you're you're in your 20s or 30s whatever you were you're 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 a multimillionaire, a uh, billionaire and and so if you were gonna have naked pool parties why would anybody be surprised by this i'm not surprised by this I'm not a billionaire. I would throw a naked pool party right now. No, producer Ari, you're not invited. I naturally assumed I was not invited. So anything like this, you know, anything like this at all, I, I am, I am uh, not particularly surprised. The thing that I am surprised by, or maybe it's more, oh, so that's where the other shoe is dropping. Was this idea that um, Melinda Gates, the soon-to-be ex-wife, didn't like Bill's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? Now I'm paying attention. Jeffrey Epstein, child sex trafficking, uh, Jelaine Maxwell, right? Getting him the girls, Prince Andrew involved, a lot of Hollywood heavyweights who knew him. How many were on the plane, the Lolita, and flying to his private island for these sex romps? Just so we're clear, we allowed Jeffrey Epstein to kill himself in prison. Anyone who believes otherwise is out of their mind, out of their head, What relationship did Bill Gates have with Jeffrey Epstein? I have said before, and I will say again, there is a standard that we all must have. 
And that standard is we're not interested in the R or the D after your name. We're not interested in your contribution to society. We are interested in making sure children aren't sexually abused. So Bill Gates has to go to jail, then he goes to jail. If Donald Trump was involved, he has to go to jail. Bill Clinton's involved, he has to go to jail. Makes no difference who you are. We have a standard. And anything that falls short of the standard of if you are abusing children, you go to jail, is worthless. You might as well burn it all down. The whole damn thing ain't worth it. So now I'm paying some real close attention. Very close attention. What possibly could have been connected to Jeffrey Epstein? Now it's possible that there's nothing, absolutely nothing connected. But you have my attention now. Now I want to know what's up. Pool parties? Sure. Who hasn't had a naked pool party before? By the way, producer, have you ever had a naked pool party before? Uh, no. Have you ever had a pool party where somebody got naked? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Naked pool parties with producer Ari. It's, it's the new girls gone wild, I tell you. That is not even a story. It's, you know, it may be like, wow, I never saw him like that. Well, then you didn't really, I guess, think about it. Maybe I didn't think about it, but the minute you think about it, you're like, yeah. Billionaire had naked pool parties. Shocking, I tell you. Hung out with Jeffrey Epstein and maybe knew something? Well, in that case, in that case, let's start doing some investigating. I'm Tony Katz. I stand corrected. 2020 is not the most ridiculous year on recent record. No, no, no. 2021 is the winner. Hands down makes 2020 look like uh, uh, a a bore. Why? Because OJ Simpson is endorsing Liz Cheney. We're done here, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com and get uh, the, the, the podcast, if, if you would. OJ likes her because she stands up for truth. And she put, he puts out a video and says, I got to admit, I was not a fan of Liz Cheney. Don't get me wrong. I'm 50-50 on her politics, but I didn't like her. And then I just re- realized recently, the reason I didn't, I didn't like her had to do with her father, probably my least favorite politician of my adult life, former Vice President Dick Cheney. Then I saw a show the other day and saw a quote by Voltaire, and it said that patriotism was the enemy of mankind. Uh, that's, that's not it. That's not what he said, but neither here nor there. OJ quoting Voltaire. It seems that the, that the big truth and honesty seems to be the enemy of many of these Republican politicians. And Liz Cheney stands up for the truth. That's got her a lot of heat. Gosh. Oh my God. That's just. And the idea that he's now in favor of people who stand up for the truth. That's. 
that's just absolutely positively uh, uh, precious. You know who stood up for the truth? Marsha Clark. Oh, OJ. Oh, dear, dear, sweet OJ. Uh, if, uh, if you only knew how the rest of us took this. But the fact that he still makes the news is amazing. Amazing. Now, uh, she'll be gone. Uh, I, I don't see how she's going to uh, survive any of, uh, of this. And she will be replaced most probably by Representative Elise Stefanik. Um, and that's it. That's it. That, 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 that's that's going uh, to be the end of it. And now you've got Joni Ernst accusing the party of cancel culture. I got to tell you that I could not begin to at all care about whether Liz Cheney is in leadership or not. My, I, I don't think the Republicans are better off or, 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 or worse off on this. I think that vote happens. That vote's going to happen this week. Rather, what, what, I, what I think is, is going to happen. What I think matters is the Republican Party is then going to, after this, decide on a mission, right? When people say the Republican Party, the party of Trump, well, that's fine. I, don't, I, don't, I think that's less dangerous than, than, than other people think. But it's that the, the media culture can't let go of Trump is something fascinating. What the Republicans need to do is claim a subject and be full bore on it. Whether that it be the economy and Biden's ineptitude uh, in it, uh, whether that be a, a conversation uh, about the border as has been working and working well and has been a little bit derailed as a conversation, whether that be a conversation about China, really interesting story about China and population. I will get into that. They must stake out some ground for themselves. Right? That's what they have to do. They have to say, these subjects, we're going to keep hitting on these subjects because the Democratic Party has no defense for a border that they have made worse and the idea that they would take credit for creating more jobs in the first 100 days than any other president in history because people went back to work. I mean, that's just madness. That's so easy to describe as, as a lie. As, as garbage. And don't get bogged down in this. Liz Cheney in leadership is not the consequential conversation. The consequential conversation is what are you going to talk about? I am one of the people who argues against the idea you should be talking about the Trump agenda. If you want to talk America first, that's fine. I would never use the words Trump agenda. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it helps you. Oh, does Trump want you to say it? Well, of course Trump wants you to say it. When he beats you up, that's totally fine. It doesn't matter. What, what are you after? If Trump ends up being the nominee, it doesn't matter anyway. So listen to me on the politics. Maybe I know something. Talk America first. Talk American values. Talk people being able to keep their money. Talk about people being able to, to live a good life and stop living in fear. All those things. Just don't call it the Trump agenda. 
I am not anti-Trump. I think you should talk about Trump and Trump what, what Trump taught. But it has to be more than just a guy. It has to be about what's best for America. It's marketing. Again, start having a little faith. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not so sure if everybody else does, but we know what we're doing. This is Tony Katz today.